Park and a big turnout here from all corners of the Outer Rim Territories. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Bunta E Radio. My name is Mike DeRose, and I'll be the host of this podcast. The goal is to do a bi-weekly, occasionally weekly Star Wars podcast, which will cover new Star Wars topics from the last week or two between podcasts. And if there is time, I'll try and go back and talk about certain other previously released materials. Uh, This week is actually going to end up being about a particular comic book Marvel has been putting out. But before we get to that, I also want to explain that the goal of this podcast is to only be about 15 minutes long at the very most. Just something for you guys to be able to listen to on the way to work or just during a short break if you're in your mood for a Star Wars fix. So jumping right into this week's topic, the most recent Star Wars activity has been Forces of Destiny, which have been these two and a half to three minute shorts that Disney and Lucasfilm has been releasing. It's obviously geared towards kids, but there's nothing wrong with that. We can all enjoy it, kids, adults. Now, that doesn't mean everybody has to enjoy it, but because you don't enjoy it doesn't mean other people won't either. The primary goal of these is just for fun entertainment. I mean, really, the secondary goal is just is to fill in the details of the Star Wars universe, just background stuff. You know, they're not going to be dropping this massive bit of information that's going to bridge the gap between episode 7 or 8 or anything like that. But taking the... Uh, the first episode, The Sands of Jakku, where we meet the Night Watcher Worm, we actually got caught a glimpse of that in episode 7, and that was that little thing that came out of the sand to look at BB-8 and Rey as they walked away. Now, of course, if you watch episode 7, you're going to think it's just a little alien. I actually thought it was a robot because of the sound it made, but now we know it was an alien. It's not going to change the scene in episode 7, but we're also now going to look at it and kind of appreciate the fact that there's this giant monster underneath the sand. But on top of that, besides just our little alien expanded universe, we also get to see a really good example of the building friendship between Rey and BB-8 right off of the bat. Because when we first see Rey encounter BB-8, yes, she frees him, but she also wants nothing to do with him after that. She's reluctant to even let him come with her, but then she allows it to happen, but she kind of rolls her eyes and just uh, reluctantly says, oh, you're welcome, when he says thank you. But then the next episode, the BB-8 Bandits, is another great example where we're seeing the lengths that she goes to protect him. Obviously, in Episode 7, we see what she's willing to do to get him to the Resistance. But we really go from one scene of a disconnect, and she's cold to BB-8, to appreciate him being around, essentially, the next time we see them together. So, yeah, I mean, you don't, you're not required to watch these two episodes on Forces of Destiny. But it does kind of enhance what we're watching, because now I know the next time I watch episode 7, I'm going to have an appreciation for that night, watch a worm. I'm going to have an appreciation of what happens between that evening when she meets BB-8 to the next morning when she shows up to um, see Unkar plot. And, you know, now when I see the Tito's, we know there's a little more action behind it. It's not essential viewing, but it's fun viewing, and that's the whole point of it. It's just there to enjoy the same way the comics are, the novels, anything like that. It's really just to, to use the term, to expand the universe. Really give us an appreciation for the background details, and that's just fun. I mean, Matt Martin on Twitter a couple months ago made a comment that Star Wars is not meant to be homework. We don't have to watch everything and analyze every detail and try and put this invisible puzzle together. Star Wars is meant to be enjoyed, and watching things like Forces of Destiny allow us to do just that. Now, regarding the next episode, the Ewok Escape, that's the one where we have Leia and Wicket working together right after they uh, stop the biker scout from getting away in Return of the Jedi. 
one of the uh, comments I've really noticed a lot online has been people saying that ever since they were kids, they have wondered how Leia got into that secondary dress uh, when Luke Han and the rest of the group show up and she's no longer in her rebel, rebel outfit, but she's actually in the Ewok dress. And now we actually have an answer to that, which, yes, in the long run, it's not important. It fills in a little gap. You know, I'm, I'm sure at one point or another I wondered it too, but it's just a fun little detail. And that's what these, like I said before, they're supposed to be fun. So no reason to complain about two and a half minutes spent on a fun Ewok adventure. I mean, I know people aren't fans of Ewoks. I love Ewoks. I love everything Star Wars. You're not going to find me complaining about really anything. But seeing that dress come back and it's just fun. Like it just kind of feels you and anybody that's had that question. I'm sure everybody has questions about Star Wars. It might not be about Leia's dress or something like that, but when you finally get that answer, it feels good. It's kind of like that itch that you haven't been able to scratch. You finally get it. It's nothing major, but it was always there, and now it's taken care of. Um, so that's why that was a fun episode. Again, of course, seeing Wicked do cute Ewok things is always enjoyable as well. Um, but switching to the next episode, The Padawan Path, it's so nice to see and hear Ahsoka and to hear Anakin and Yoda again. I'm sure like a lot of you, I was just absolutely glued and in love with Clone Wars. So to be back in that time frame is just amazing. I mean, it's just so enjoyable to even, even if it's just two and a half minutes, just to be there, it feels like being back home, which is great. But the little detail, which is uh, really cool, is that we know Ahsoka doesn't have any hair. Um, so she can't grow the Padawan braid. And we see her, you know, she gives, when she walks away from the Order, she gives back that little bead uh, braid, if you want a braid made out of beads, she gives it back to Anakin when he tries to give it to her. Um, but I guess we never, and I never considered how it gets longer. And obviously with any human or alien that has hair, they can just, as the hair grows, they just braid it longer. But for her, as she learns more on how to be a Jedi, they essentially lengthen that braid for her, which is really cool to see that they take that in consideration that they don't just have one, but it's a visual representation the same way a Padawan, as they age, has a longer braid. They obviously should be aging as well in their learnings and, you know, learning more and more and being able to demonstrate that. And Ahsoka does the same thing, but to see it done as a ceremony is really cool and a fun little detail. Then they followed it up the next day with an episode on uh, Hoth with Leia called The Beast of Echo Base. Now, I'm sure most people are familiar with the deleted scene where 3PO takes off the warning sticker from a door, which leads into what people thought was a, a wampa pen. But now, based on this episode, we know that it was actually a door that led down to a path they were supposed to be clearing out to expand the base. And Chewie ends up cuddling or something with a wampa, which, yes, this is part of the fun. The Chewbacca that we see in film probably wouldn't end up stuck under the arm of a sleeping wampa and if you try and figure out the logistics of how that even happened no matter what you come up with it's adorably ridiculous but it's part of the fun and then we uh it was also enjoyable to watch leia somebody pointed out online that leia was demonstrating the uh the skills and problem solving and the best features of both anakin and padme that we saw during the clone wars and during the movies so i thought that was a nice little put together that they came up with just to see Leia solving little problems in creative ways. And that isn't, you know, changing the rebellion and all that good stuff. It was just 
uh, it was a problem they were having. She stepped right in and got to work. And it's always fun to see Leia doing awesome things like that. And we also got to see Chewbacca and R2 problem solve the door, which <laughs> watching the two of them kind of panic together while Leia's running away from her wampa. It's just one of these comically adorable situations, which is fun to watch. Now, the last two episodes they released uh, today on Sunday and then yesterday on Saturday kind of fall into the same vein of they don't exactly do much in terms of showing something brand new that's going to fill in this massive gap of knowledge. But it was it just gave us these characters that we've known and love again in fun situations. The first one was the imposter inside, which is the Padme and Ahsoka episode where um, a Claudite like Zam Wessel from episode two is trying to assassinate Padme. And we really just kind of see them working together and in a in a Clone Wars esque style situation that it would with good jokes about forks and things like that. And even though they're not solving any mysteries here, it's it feels good. Like you know, like I said, like being back at home with these characters that we really love, and getting to see Padme really step into the forefront again because it seems like she hasn't been around much. And I'm sure that'll change in the future. But seeing her again at all with a uh, Cat Tabor doing the voice is just it's awesome. It makes a uh, makes my fanboy heart very happy. And then the last episode they've released so far is the one today, which is The Stranger with Jin Erso. And that's another one where they didn't exactly tell us a lot. Somebody pointed out that the the location they're on is Gorel, like we saw in Rebels. So that was kind of the, the biggest Easter egg, I think, to see. But it was essentially her helping a girl keep her pet. And we I guess we did learn that the Empire can enforce rules that say no pets allowed, which is kind of a dick move but uh, the empire they're not the good guys sorry justin um so yeah it was just fun to see Jin doing anything that was really different the only thing i thought was kind of strange but kind of a, a nice choice is that she we know she was using the name leanna halleck for a long time but she still admits to the girl that her name is Jin Erso, probably because she trusts the girl's not going to give her up to the empire but that's the only thing that kind of stood out to me kind of like huh, interesting choice and uh, I know there's more episodes coming. We haven't seen Sabine yet. We haven't seen Hera. And I've heard a couple of interesting things about the Hera storyline. So hopefully those all get released over the next couple of days. And then we'll have uh, something to discuss online. And then also I need to talk about in a week. I'm also going to be going to D23. So I'll be talking about my experience there next week. This is where the uh, not bi-weekly but weekly aspect comes into play. Because since I'll be doing something specific... I want to talk about it as soon as possible instead of making you guys wait another week when the information's already been passed around. But uh, yeah, so hopefully more Forces of Destiny in the near future, and we'll talk about the rest of those next week. So switching gears for the last couple minutes, I want to talk about a comic series that Marvel's been putting out now for about 18 issues. It's the Poe Dameron comic, which sounds so strange that something like Poe Dameron is not getting talked about more, but... He really, or the comic itself, it really isn't getting discussed as much as I thought it would be. It's been a fantastic look into not just the character, but the people around him leading up to the events of Episode 7. Now, really, BB-8 is a good supporting character in there, and then we also get a lot of Snap Wexley, which is fun to see. Um, but we also get more of the Black Squadron, and we really get to see the rest of that team, some of them in the film, some of them not. Um and there's also a lot of stuff about the First Order, which doesn't really get talked about much, but this comic illustrates the point that the First Order has, at this point, come back to the galaxy and is known, but there's essentially an uneasy truce between both sides, and neither side is willing to escalate it to the point where war can be declared. 
So you get a lot of run-ins between the sides, but when push comes to shove, neither side really is willing to do anything very publicly about it, which creates some very awkward and amusing tension for the reader, not so much for the characters. Um, but jumping to BB-8, BB-8, of course, we know in episode 7 is awesome, but in the comic, he's definitely got more of a, an attitude. And the creators and the editors of Marvel have said that when they're writing the scripts, they actually write real words for BB-8, and they say he's very supportive, which isn't really that surprising, you know, because of the thumbs up. But he's a fun character for them to write because he says things like, you got it, dude, you can do it, Poe, just anything really encouraging. So it's nice to see that they write BB-8 like that and not like Chopper, who would be whatever, man. Um but also, one of the more interesting things people haven't really talked about is that this comic seems to be setting up the possibility that Poe is going to be taking over the Resistance at some point in the future. Um, there's an issue with Leia where she's talking about Poe cannot be as reckless because she envisions him being the leader for essentially the Resistance and the leadership of the good people going forward. So, of course, now with the passing of Carrie, it might be very relevant to the story going forward if Poe takes up essentially her role in episode nine to the point where he's the one leading the resistance completely. So this comic might be planting some very interesting seeds for the audience for things to come. I would highly recommend you picking up these comics. Um, they're definitely worth your time. They're worth your three bucks every three weeks, approximately every three weeks. That's how often they come out. And it's really enjoyable. If you like the character and you like that time frame, or you're interested in the first order, Definitely put the money into it. You you won't regret it. I highly recommend it. Um, and that really does it for the first episode of Boon to E Radio. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm not sure how many of you are going to listen, but if there's any feedback at all, just let me know. And more than likely, if you're listening to this episode, you already know what I'm like. So I'm very open to feedback, to talking to people. I love it. And bring it on. Good or bad, let me know. And then be uh, I'll be back next week with some D23 on-site uh, news. So thanks very much, and you guys have a really good week. Opinions expressed on this podcast are my own. Everything Star Wars related is owned by Lucasfilm and Disney. I do not make any money off of this podcast, so please do not sue me.